The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm so it's all about Wexford today, lads. JJ, really sorry about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> it's Wexford's day. Wexford win the Leinster for the first time since 2004. It's not that long, but it's long enough. Um, they won the minor as well, which is always a fantastic thing. We did it with Leash in 2003. And there's just, a, JJ, I'd say you lost count, count of how many times you brought back both the senior, all Ireland's probably in minor. <laughs> but it just adds a little bit for, to it. You know, the minors did well too, because then you're thinking the future looks bright. Yeah, you know, yeah. all those things add in together. So, oh, there's icing on the cake really more than anything with the, with the minors winning again. And then you're, you're talking in the, in the pubs and the clubs there after that then as well. So it's great for the minors because look, there's, there's more players coming through there as well. It's great to see, like, you know, and it's great. It does give a lift to the, the senior team when the minor team does win because remember when we were we were playing and we'd hear a half time you'd have to go in you'd watch maybe 10-15 minutes of the game we'd have to go back in dress them but if we were to filter back through to the dress room that they're after winning there as well so it gives you a good it's good up lift. to us now lads yeah yeah so we can't let everyone down you know that kind of way so no it's good it's good great yeah so the big the big score in this game Brian was the penalty right and I don't yeah. think there's I don't think there's any any debates about the penalty it was a clear cut penalty Oh, definitely. Um, I think Roy O'Connor learned from both the first half and um, the game in Wexford Park where he cut through the, the middle of the Kenny defence a couple of times. And I'd say he was warned at half time, um, you know, if he gets an opportunity like that to head straight for goal, because that's exactly what I did. It looked like, you know, he'd obviously caught the ball over in the morris. He could have taken his pint, but he just kept going and, you know, got by Park Walsh easily enough. And then the morris then just pulled him down in the square. So, Probably good use of the advantage rule for once. And, um, you know, Mark, like the rest is history. Mark Fanning leathering it to the net. And a great, great penalty, to be fair, because he went on Owen Murphy's strong side. So that, that meant that, um, you know, that's always a guessing game with those penalties. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't give him any chance, really. Yeah, Davies said after the game, I knew he was going to score it. And that's not rubbish. Because I was turning to Sorsha about something and, and he said, are you going watching? And I said, I don't need to. He'll score. Like I mean, so he's the only man in Crow Park who knew he was going to score. It, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just no, but he's deadly at them, though. To be fair, because he's he's been coming up for years hitting them. Yeah. He actually scored a, pel- a penalty against Offaly. Sorry, it wasn't given um, against Offaly in Championship a few years ago down in Wexford Park, and it hit the back stanchion and came flying back out, and nobody seen it. So it was actually play- played on. It was going that um, fast. It was going that fast, and he rifled up into the top corner that day. No, he's deadly at them, um, and sure, the minute the penalty was get was given. Like I turned around, he was on about the forty-five meter line. He was coming <laughs> up the field as quick as lightning. So he 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 kind of, in fairness to him, look, goalkeepers have to be a little bit mad, a little bit eccentric, but he revels in that sort of situation. Yeah, but is it's a throwback to the nineties though, because we had a Davy Fitz, we had yeah. Fitzhenry from Wexford. We yeah. have any more that used to do it, and I always used to think watching it, what a feeling that must be. To rattle the net, to run back. Like <laughs> you wonder, you're just they, jumping out of your skin. I wonder, can you appreciate or do I have to get back in the goal as quickly as possible? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do they hit it? You know the way a normal free, uh, free taker, penalty taker, hit it, they see it going into the back of the net and then they can actually revel in the whole thing. But the keeps are turning on gone. You know yourself, look up <laughs> yeah. to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. 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 Take yeah. it all in. Kisses like Joe Bradley. <laughs> 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 but I presume everybody just moves one line back so Hugh Lawler, or no, not Hugh Lawler, Ryan is full back or is in the goals until he gets back yeah. there, right? Yeah. So, 
it's not that much of a panic yeah. to get back. Oh, you see the head when he turned around, he was, gone, he, was, he was back in the 45 when the ball was hitting the net, I'd say. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Brian, it's hard not to make this all about Davy because I remember when Mikko was over leash, when you have a huge personality over the team, it's whenever we win he got all the plaudits and whenever we lost we got all the criticism like so it was, he was a, a win-win for, for Mikko with us and Wexford are a bit like that with Davy, the players so it's all, been all about Davy since the win you know and I suppose it's hard not to make it all about him because like he's, he's, the job he's done there has been absolutely fantastic he's done the Grand Slam now of All-Ireland League Munster Leinster Fitzgibbon so, like, I mean, it's hard not to give him his say, but you still don't want to take away from the Wexford players who are the ones who won it on the field. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's amazing. It's all justified now. Um, you know, this use of the sweeper and negative tactics. Um, but sure, it's a results-driven um, business. And, and you know, he, he's led them to the promised land. I've I, I forgotten, um, even though I knew Kilkenny were so dominant, I'd forgotten how long it was since... Um, Wexford had won that last Leinster and I should have remembered because I was on the field that day and the beat was in the in that Leinster final and um, you know he really can can sicken a, a lot of doubters even within his own county now about his style of hurling and everything but um, you know look when you look at his record in the cold light of day sure it is fantastic and there's no one else has done it in hurling um, so it's 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 a fantastic um, record as I said uh, but look, he's a divisive figure, and that's Davy all over. He, he, you know, he can be very much in people's faces, um, both on the line and, and off the and off the line. And um, but at the end of the day, he has driven those Wexford players to probably within an inch of their life. Um, but still, there's a huge bond. Uh, you know, the players did go back from, so that that must have meant something. Yeah. Um, but both to the players and to him, obviously, that that bond obviously was very, very tight. That he came back for this third year, and ultimately, it's all been justified. In the that end. that's always a good sign, isn't it, JJ? Like they got a bus down to his house, yeah. and like he ran out on the field and went straight for Lee Chin. And I'd say Lee, may, maybe he could have organised that bus. Yeah. You don't know, but he went straight for Lee anyways, and he picked Davy up. Yeah. And like whatever you say, the players really like him. And just on what Brian says, Davy says after the game. If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Now, he's talking <laughs> about last November and December. Yeah. So he's obviously really tortured them. But then in the same quotes, because he gave a great interview or a great uh, press conference with all the print journalists. I think he said, if you come down to our training, you would know what it's like. They come in an hour beforehand. They belt out the tunes. We all sit down and chat for a while. So mm. like in one way, he's an intense l- lunatic. And in another way, he kind of encourages this kind of relaxed atmosphere where they enjoy each other's company and, and things like that. Yeah, it seems a great position for David to be in for the players to come down to his house and ask him to come back for another year. So come November and December, when he's putting him through the hardship, Davy has everything <laughs> yeah. right to say, right, you wanted me back. This is what I'm asking you to do. You have to do it. And they've all bought into the whole thing, you know, even over the three years. Um, everyone said it's, it's a negative. But Davy and his players will always say it's an actually attacking formation that they play. And they've singing that to him for the last three years and probably justify now after winning stuff. Yeah. But well, hang on a minute. Tipperary and Limerick both played sweepers yesterday so I think the sweeper thing might have got like everyone's at that now it's yeah. just he brings a forward back to do it and the others use it he's been more obvious doing it's a bit it. more, well he just has one extra defender mm. now they are, every team swarm in the middle third yeah. so I, I think three years ago this was more of a debate than it is now because most teams but still they get thrown at him every time he has yeah. the conversation or Wexford is brought up 
they never a conversation without talking about Wexford without play, uh, uh, the name sweeper or the, say the statement sweeper is coming into the situation as well like you know yeah. so he probably whether that's just one baggage from Davy come down through the years or not I don't know but that's his method of play even Tony Kelly was on the Sunday game last night and he that's what he said about Davy as well each their defenders go man to man and then have a spare man there as well. They'll he'll dictate to go to man to man. He don't have a clear. He don't. He's doing the exact same thing with Wexford as well. Like, yeah. you know, so he has the system of play and he believes in his system of play. And more importantly, his players believe in his system of play there as well over the last few years. But he's been a phenomenal couple of years there for him. It's unfortunate that he has to win something to get this bit of credit because you have to naming out the record he's after having as well like you know and it probably wouldn't come to light when he, he did win, win yesterday you know so yeah. it could be in criticism that he's there today if he had but lost they, history they you know? there was a time of a good while they were going out in Wexford Park mm. the way the results were going yeah. and everything and like I mean now they're Leinster champions so that's incredible I think Kenny started going for sorry, goals to where sorry go on Brian like like I, they wouldn't have won that game yesterday only for their sweeper because Kevin Foley had a lot of timely interceptions and not just you know the, the obvious goal scoring opportunities but there was times where um, you know Adrian Mullen caught a great ball over Sean Murphy and, and shrugged him off was going to score and Kevin Foley got the block in and something similar with Colin Fenley and Liam Ryan a couple of times so like I, in a game where it was so tight every single score counted and um, you know, the, like, and the other end of the field, Park Walsh was the the designated free man down there, and like he had very little influence on that game whatsoever. And Wexford, to their credit, they they didn't just drive the ball aimlessly up like they did in Wexford Park. They were very very patient in, in their use of the ball and only ever hit it out into space. And Park Walsh never really got an opportunity to double up. So, you know, uh, I I probably would be more a traditionalist than that I wouldn't have been hugely fond of a sweeper looking at it from a neutral perspective but like um, you know definitely I just took the game on merit yesterday said I'd go in and enjoy it knowing exactly what Dave was going to bring to it and you know it was it was hugely tactical but as I said I don't need to have won it without it Here, What was the referee doing at the end there when Lee Chin caught that ball and he was bursting out with it and the referee blew the for a, for a, a substitution, a substitution yeah. so How can you do that? No it, it <laughs> The first I've ever heard. I've seen. Or, <laughs> you well, can't I was just stop wondering what's going on. No, I couldn't. Not. Unless he had That's your breaking play, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, was there confusion there, Brian? It was crazy. No, no one had a clue what the whole stadium was just open arms over. No one could understand what was going on. And I think actually Wexford had possession of the ball and, he, and then he ended up throwing it. Throwing it. So, like, it was. Yeah. It was. He just had lost the block completely. So, it was, it was a real weird moment. Um, actually, I saw Dickie Murphy up in the. the, the Press. He was probably doing the um, the assessing role, so there might be a few little talking points there. <laughs> a... Well, I don't know how he's going to explain this one. Making <laughs> <No, no. laughs> up his own rule, doesn't well, he? Yeah, I don't know what there is. He just made excuse. a mistake and doubled down on it. It's simply yeah, that. I have yes. to back myself here now. So, what? Oh yeah. So another thing we talked about here on the on the show a bit. I don't know if you were here for this one, JJ, but Brian definitely was. It's a troll ball. Troll ball. So Adrian Mullen got his comeuppance yesterday for trying oh, yeah. trying the like for me. You, this that's meant to be a clash of the ash where both mm. lads pull but now uh, Conor we're Cooney does it as well they're yeah. stepping was he, were you here today we talked about that yeah, as well so, no. Conor Cooney d- steps over it and a few different players so Mullen stepped over it and he ended up getting a hurl to the face but yeah. like it was nothing wrong it was a Sean Murphy did it Yeah, so it was yeah. Nothing, he did nothing wrong he, no, did, he no, did the right thing there's an accent as well like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they have to change that rule This it's silly and Don yeah. O'Grady said in the commentary as well and he's right 
all that's doing is encouraging more in people coming into that because they know the ball won't fly out. They yeah. know now that it's just going to be stuck there in a row. Actually, yeah, it's does nothing for the game. It does gets it? in between two and they stop there, and then there's three groups of two all the way around there as well. Just they're going to have to put everyone back. They're supposed to be back ten yards, but the referee but bo- just yeah. pushed them back, and the referee should have to go, he's going to have to stand his ground when he's throwing the ball as well. Because what's happened is he's the two players are coming at the referee. The referee is back and back, and if the referee stands his ground and pushes the two players back and then throw it in. But what's happened, he's back and back and the players are coming near the referee because they want to get the ball first and then it's just... Right. Just but if other, if other players knew they were both going to clash and the ball would yeah, spray that's, out that's somewhere, mm. do you know, yeah. they might they might not try to be getting in around it as much, Brian. And even the trajectory of, of their swing then would naturally keep people back. Because you go back, <laughs> yeah. JJ, you, you obviously were, you know, we, we were hurling, like, but still it's when we were younger, everyone stood up and you pulled in those situations. Yeah. And you did, you crowded back that probably five yards was as close as you went in at that situation you left it to the two players and, and you got in then on the breaking ball if, if there was a breaking ball now I definitely agree with you on this one Willie um, they have to clear up that rule it's, it's a mess and it's creating those rook situations even worse which is a blight in the game obviously. yeah which we don't really want them so Wexford are the only team <coughs> unbeaten team in yeah. the country which is uh, is unreal they, they drew three and won one in the group phase and now beat Kilkenny in this. Limerick are now Munster League and all Ireland champions. They're holding all of them at the mo- at the same time. Sure you've done that at one at one time, JJ. No Munster. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, you've, you've definitely held them all at the same time, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, you did, on a few different occasions, right? Yes, but yeah. they're not in the same year, but they actually are holding them all right yeah, now as yeah. a, as a stand. That's phenomenal, yeah. And um Probably a couple of blips there along the way. Probably is after making this Limerick team a lot stronger there as well. A couple of performances I had during Munster, but yesterday they were just they were awesome. Now to be fair, there's no other word I could describe them. They're just all over the field, yeah. tactically on the sideline. They got everything right. Um, got their big players back and playing again. That you notice the difference that. Declan Hannan, Garrod Hegarty were playing, Keane Inch were playing, yeah. they were all on top so, of their game. Like. So, just to cut you off there on that, so the shadow boxing they did in Turles, right? Mm. So, that's worked for them. So, you, you often see the traditionalists, it's the same if a player does an interview before a game. Say Joe Canning against uh, Tipperary, the year he was brilliant, he did a sit down interview with uh, Vincent Hogan. He played brilliant. There was nothing about his interview. If he had played terribly, yeah. they would have said, well, Jesus, where is he going doing the interview? You know the way this goes. So if Limerick had lost yesterday, I'm sure those same people would have been like, well, where are you going and throwing a game yeah. against Tipperary? That, act- that shadow boxing worked because Limerick or Tipperary were not e- expecting. There were big players weren't playing, which made a huge difference to their game plan. Why is no one complimenting the shadow boxing saying that yeah. worked well, I don't think that Limerick went out to lose that game either I don't think they, they did but I don't think they showed their hand yeah. to tip they didn't show their hand to tip but the, I think Declan Hannon wasn't on the squad he could have been injured that particular day as he well, was like, injured you know, yeah. I know Garrod Higgerty can come on a huge player for him but it probably felt uh, whether he's going to show what kind of show the, the players on the say 15 to 34 whatever it is you have your opportunity to take it or not and then you see Shane Dowling started and he only came on last few minutes there as well does he, did it, after that game, did he say to himself, right, okay, I'm only coming on the last 10, 15 minutes of, of that particular, of any game coming forward because I, ha- I took me, ch- I had me chance, but I didn't take it, you know, that kind of way. So whether he was testing out a few individual players and he's done the right thing by just changing four or five rather than changing the whole, no point in changing the whole team. If you change the whole team, I'd say, yeah, 100% shadow boxing, but did he just kind of back his other 
say squad members come in and do the same job as his first team and then we'll, we'll put pressure on his Garrod Hegarys, his Declan Hand to come back in and perform but obviously it didn't work out because and they, maybe the day didn't suit him either because the wet day and the, the the game they were trying to play didn't really suit yeah. the particular day as well like you know but look, yesterday they had their full team like, again your championship team their first 15 you would have picked probably 14 out of 15 you could argue Peter Casey or Fanning before the game yesterday, but after Peter Casey's performance yesterday, he's definitely on that starting fifteen as well. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he definitely is. What do you what do you think, uh, Brian, about maybe? Well, I know the the, the shadow boxing number one. Yeah, well, look, I did make this point a couple of weeks ago that um, for me in that game, I would have played 10, 11 of the starting team, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. and he only replaced them with guys that he like are pushing, like you know, they're in these top twenty essentially because it was. Shane Dowland that came in, it was Darrow Donovan, it was Seamus Flanagan. So these are the boys that kind of like are, are knocking on the door to start and, and they didn't grab their opportunity, but still they got, you know, great game time and, you know, an opportunity to play within the system with strong players around you. I think that's a, a very important factor of when you're trying to break onto a team that you have to have strong players around you um, and not, not be wholesale changes with, with rookies basically all over the place. So, um, you know, I could fully see the merit of what he was doing there, knowing well that you know Clare had to win by a cricket score for for them to be um, no way of getting through to that. To, you know, progressing whether it was to a monster final or not. So uh, you know, he, I, to me, he did the the long term decision. It was a no brainer. Um, so you know, hats off to Kylie. But he settled down now. Um, I called this last week as well. He settled down with his his defence in particular. You know, he went back to exactly what he had last year. Dan Morrissey back in at left half back. You know, you look at Dan, you kind of think he's a very ordinary type of hurler, but he's he's a big, strong guy. He's like Robocop going around the place, and but he just uses the ball so intelligently. He he's he, little short hand passes, carries it in, can get through the tackle really well, and then obviously the other two guys are absolutely awesome. You know, Declan Hannon for a guy that is carrying injuries um, so much to, to be able to perform like he does um on the big days he, he's fantastic and again he got his, his stand ovation going off um he, he's absolutely fantastic and um, William O'Donoghue is probably the one guy on, uh, along with Peter Casey that really grabbed his opportunity this year because Darrell Donovan was fantastic last year for for Limerick he really was a, a link type player and he was he was complimenting Keane Lynch so well probably did a lot of the, the unseen work for Limerick but William O'Donoghue obviously has a just a little bit more um, style to his game. He, he's a really top class hurler as well. And to go back on what Jay just said, like Peter Casey, everyone, you know, we we debated this a couple of weeks ago. You know, what's the story? Seamus Flanagan, he was excellent last year. Peter Casey's obviously a really good player, but you know, does it suit more for Seamus Flanagan to to be hurling? But Casey was absolutely excellent yesterday, and he took James Barry to the cleaners. Yeah, and you can just see Seamus Flanagan, and as well, his confidence obviously low because. The ball went out into the corner. You know, there's only about a couple of minutes left. And he went out to rise it and he actually completely missed the rise. He didn't even leave a grain on the ball. So it just shows he's, his mind is just thinking too much at the moment because he was probably thinking about what he was going to do with the ball once he got it in his hand and, and he just missed the rise. So his confidence for a lad is probably one in All-Ireland. Um, you know, his confidence is probably a little bit low. So it just shows that we're all human too. Yeah. Bubbles should have got a red, right? JJ? Um, I don't know what we're doing the red card. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
could have. I wouldn't been surprised if he got one, but oh, I would have been. I would have been very, very harsh to get it. Like you know, he pulled. He's I know he was, he was out of control, but he, I don't. I don't think he meant to hit. I meant. I, I genuinely thought he went to go get the ball. To be honest with you, but look, he was kind of mistimed more than malicious. To be honest, really. What yeah. did you? What did you t- think uh, of that one, Brian? Because I thought number no, one, he got him in. Either. Got him in the face, and he was a mile away uh, from yeah, the ball. No, <laughs> what? Yeah, We're seeing sure. some amount the of reds this year. Ah uh, no! Come on now, Willie. No, <laughs> no way. Jesus Christ! You couldn't give a red for that. Like. A ball popped up down the line. He had to pull. Like he, like it was a perfect ball for. Um, um, geez, I keep forgetting this lad's name. Dermot Burns. And do you think Dermot Burns? Because oh, geez, I, I need to cop on. He's unbelievable hurler. But the ball, he's left-handed hurler like JJ. So it was lovely on his right-hand side. You know, he was going left light, which he did, and drove the ball 30, 40 meters down. Down, down the field so Bubbles knew he was going to get a smack of the hurl as well as probably not get to the ball in time so he had to pull and like he was it's as much protecting himself as having to pull so no I had no way that'd be right Jeez, be just, like what could Bubbles do pull out of that altogether sure that'd be worse he'd be taken straight off then after that right okay listen I'll take your, your word for it lads I never pulled a hurley in my life so I don't <laughs> know what I'm talking about looked to me like it was a bad one some great goalkeeping lads there was uh, Hogan saved from Hegarty after a beautiful offload by Morrissey, uh, Lynch, Keen Lynch missed one. I thought that was a poor effort by Lynch. It's almost yeah, like he it was showboating, showboating, yeah. was he? I'm sorry yeah. to know. And then Hayes had a poor enough effort at a goal before he scored his goal. And then Quaid with an almost impossible save from Callum. That was unbelievable. That was unreal. Because he was going the other way. And, and if Brian, you'd probably describe this a lot better than me now. When you're going through, everyone says forwards, hit the ball into the ground. It's the Harris one to kind of save. But stick out the right foot and flicked it up in the air. And he got the power behind it to keep the ball out rather than in over I thought right, I'm going to disagree with you now on that one now I think it was an awful miss I think it was a miss more than a save oh um, I don't know, Jeez, I don't know. oh lads got a good connection that was a great save I know, no lads he hit the ball straight down he hit like as in he hit straight in the middle of the goal all he had to get that another foot to the, to the left hand side of that and Quaid had a hope of it the whole left hand side of the goal as he was bearing down that was completely wide open Shamey will be eating himself up over that definitely I like as a forward now lads that's a, that's a miss that's not a save uh, can, I, can it not be both? That's <laughs> good to credit the keeper there we, as well. Can we not be yeah, both? Because like, it was still a very reaction. Ground, like, like, look, if he, if he, like, he obviously he didn't turn his arse to it, and he made himself big as possible, and like the the foot came up a little bit, but like ah, lads, it was a definite miss. Right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll I'm going to say it was both, so we'll all we'll all move on from this rather than <laughs> rather than give out. Um, what What about Leash then, Brian? You were in um, Croke Park. Like, I mean, it's their first ever final win in Croke Park. So they hadn't played a game in Croke Park since the semi final against Wexford in 2005. Um, there was a final in 1985 when we lost to Offaly. Previous All Ireland wins were 2002 in in the B, 1979, 1977. They were played around the country. While the uh, Leinster final we won in 1949 was played in Nolan Park in Kilkenny. So, like, I mean, this is a huge result for Leash, and it's some improvement as well. Who from where we were last year for Eddie Brennan, who lo- we, Leash lost to Westmead, Kerry, and Carlow in the Joe McDonough Cup last year. So it's been a massive improvement. Oh, it certainly has, and you, you know, obviously, I, I, I live close to Leash, and, and you're there, Woolly. Like, there's a huge kind of feel good factor around Leash hurling at the moment, and you know, people believe in what's after happening on Ready Brennan, and uh, like, I love it because you know they're giving the the Joe McDonough its, its due respect, and and, and realise that's where Leash are at, and they're not whinging, probably like my own county about where they're at. They're just getting on with it. They're rolling up their sleeves, and you know, they're trying to 
get back up to Leinster and that's probably what Leash have done and what Carlo did last year so you know you have to give full credit to them and their forwards were, were really impressive yesterday I have to say and they took some brilliant scores um, Aaron Dunphy probably with the pick of the goals he was rifled into the top left hand corner and he, he's a fantastic talent to burst Nostri Kilcotton man and um, you know, he's a young guy breaking on the scene the last couple of years and he really took his opportunity. But I suppose Mark Cavanagh at centre forward in particular, he was, particularly in the first half, he, he was fantastic. Five points in play. Angus Clark did, did a bit of hurling. But look, any day a centre forward scoring five points in play, you're, like, you're, you're running the, the roost at that stage. And you know, obviously his frees were, were very good as well. So, But like, obviously I know a lot of these guys that said I'm close to them. But you know, you, you do, like in the hurling world, you know a lot You know a lot, a lot of these guys. You know, you have Ross King, you have Charlie Dwyer, you have Picky Marr, Mark Cavanagh. Like these guys, these are these are top class hurlers, and that's not to even mention someone like Paddy Purcell then in the middle of the field, who to me and we, we said this before the show, Willie, this guy would make any of the top teams in the country. I think he's absolutely class. Yeah, no, he definitely is. And like I mean, they hit four twenty two against Offaly, JJ. Yeah, they got two twenty four against Antrim, five seventeen against Kerry, one twenty two in the final group game against Westmead, which was a bit of a, a dead duck, and then got 326 yeah. in the final in Crow Savage scoring. Like, savage scoring. Yeah. And, and like, consistently as well. Like, consistently. Any team, you might get a purple patch in one game, and then you'd rack up the score, but consistently do it day in, day out. It's very, very hard, because obviously, after you do it three or four games, the next team you're going to play, right, these are good heavy scores we can. We'll have to cut down the space as much as possible or bring someone back. But they're consistently scoring heavily, and that's what I did bring into the to the party. Say more than you see that a lot of the ball was going in there was to the forwards' advantage. It wasn't just fifty fifty lump up and hope for the best. It was pinged out to the sides, and they're obviously quick as well, and they're, they're well they're well coached as well. To be fair, like you know the yeah. command, there's always support player as well. So no, fairness, Eddie's after doing a, f- a fantastic job, and it's an all credit to him. Not to be fair, what was the standard of it like, Brian? Ah, look, in fairness, like I think. It was it was good. It's still it's still a, a far cry from from Leinster Championship, and I, and I don't like I don't want to be disrespectful because we have to allow them to, to enjoy their day in the sun. But like it is a far cry. I think look they'll give Dublin a run for the money for a while, but I still expect Dublin to come out and win that game. And like, I, I wouldn't give Westmead any chance against Cork. Being honest, um, they might make it difficult early on or something with a sweeper, but. Again, you'll expect. I think it'll be Dublin and Cork to win both those games. So, the standard it's it's a good bit below. Being honest, I saw it firsthand now. Um, it's it's a good bit below Leinster or Munster Championship. You know, it's unfortunate and long term. You know, we're after seeing Carlo come straight back down. Offaly came down, obviously, and I think look, I, it's very hard to see how Leash will actually stay in that Leinster Championship leader next year. So, long term, and look, Cheddar's obviously been singing singing this for a while. It's great, it's an initial win and all that, but it's going to be a yo-yo um, situation again for all these sim- similar teams. And, you know, that's disappointing in the long-term development for these counties. But, you know, look, in terms of the actual game, when you go back to that initial question you asked me, it was, it was a good game, it was open, there was great scores taken, there was good tackling. But as I said, it's still a far cry from the from the top games. Still a little bit off it. They could show a little bit more respect um, by not having a clashing with the Munster final, number yeah. one. And then number two, not having them out six days later. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's hard. So giving them a competition that they can win and then saying, right, well, then you're out playing a team 
that is playing a level above you mm. and you've got six days to turn around while they've got way more than that. Like, I mean, then, that's madness. It's, I, a, it's uh, a token gesture yeah. at that at that rate. A final in Crawl Park should be celebrated as well and it should be celebrated for a nice couple of days rather than just, right, go back to do a gym session or a recovery session tonight and then yeah. go back training tomorrow night. Very hard to even get the knocks and bruises and come down from that high to actually go play next week and no one in your heart of hearts that like, Give them a chance against Dublin, them, you know, give them a chance because we you know 10 days minimum. Obviously, it'll have to be two weeks, but you're, it'll take three or four days to get the knocks sorted after the after matches of heavy going and on the legs as well. And then they have a week's proper train and then they have four or five days to kind of rest down oh, yeah. and get ready for the next game. Yeah. It would be the ideal situation, but like they knew this with the planning, obviously, the dates don't work out, but they knew well, that was know. from last year yeah. as well, so they should be, it should have been rectified. I don't know why, they, yeah, they can't rectify it because I don't like Munster and Leinster finals on the same weekend anyway. Yeah. Like they're yeah. prestigious enough to hold their own day, so yeah. they, you know, exactly. And you can't go to both then either. And like, we only have yeah. two competitions in hurling, it's not you know, we don't have the four provinces like football. It's actually really annoying because I definitely would have went to Limerick if I could have yesterday, but you know, you're up in Crow Park, it's it, it's frustrating, and you don't even get to see it then as well because it was trying to watch the John McDonough Cup as well to, to give the boys to respect that they deserve as well so it's frustrating we've we've so few hurling teams it's, it is frustrating that they're pushing the, all the fixtures on at the one time um, you know being honest the Joe McDonough Cup and I, I don't I'm not going out with much of a limb when I say this I don't see ever a Joe McDonough finalist beating any of the top teams in this so-called preliminary quarter final um, I think it's it's just it's a token gesture to say oh lads you're back into the Ireland series being honest I, I, I just don't to me it's it, it's almost insulting I'd much rather that the, the John McDonough was some sort of a um, better, uh, you know, publicised competition and, you know, it maybe shared the same day as the All-Ireland Senior Final, being honest, or something like that, because as as just said, even even for winning the like from a player's perspective, like you're told, you know, I don't know, I assume the boys don't had pints last night, but, you know, th- there's no Monday club like which they fully deserve. Yeah. Like they deserve to have a savage session today, like um, with you know their friends and their family, or maybe even go back to the the, the club of the, the 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 captain or whatever, like you do after winning an Ireland. So I just think it's 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 a little bit, I won't say disrespectful, but I just don't think it's well thought out either. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. I, I agree. It 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 should either be played an All Ireland final day and be a standalone All Ireland at that level. Which it is All Ireland. To, to it is All Ireland. Yeah, but I think the six day. Turnaround. I think Leash could rattle it into Dublin. They will for 50, 60 minutes, anyways. I mm. think they will. I don't think Leash would hold any fear of playing Dublin because it's down in Port Leash as well, is it? That'd be down in Port Leash yeah. as well. Like you know, like and there's a big feel good factor. That's the great thing about that win for Leash. There was yeah. a huge build up locally to that. You know, I saw all the the, the the media days and they were around to schools and Eddie did plenty of promotion of it. There was a big leash crowd there yesterday. Big there. leash crowd at it, yeah. So yeah. for them to perform on the big day with expectations as favourites in Croke Park, there's yeah. so much they'll get take out of that. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that... Yeah. Matter how hard it is for leash to go play next week. Imagine Westmead. Like, fair enough, yeah. leash have ah, that feel good gone. factor. They're gone. You know what I mean? It is, it's yeah. harder again. Like, lose a final there and you've seen Joe Quaid interview after now. He's very responded he was talking about getting back there next year again but again they're not even thinking about the, the, the game second loss in a row now as well the game next week yeah. anyway, it's very hard to get yourself dust yourself down and get, take on this seriously the yeah. challenge they have next and week like. playing Cork they'd be yeah. like playing Piggy in the middle as they're playing their <laughs> bloody short pass alright we'll come back let's see the points again it's going around the field that's all let's see we'll come back with some analysis
Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. I don't know, JJ. I think Kilkenny started going for goals way too early in this game. Like, I mean, the one that stands out to me is Conor Fogarty running through. He'd a tap over point there. Yeah. And I he went to square it. Like, I mean, it, this, this wasn't a six point lead. This yeah. was a two or three point lead, a lot of. I think even throughout the whole game, Kilkenny were going for goals or trying to push it. I think they had it in their head, like, right, if we get a goal against this Bexford team, against this the system that they play there as well, that it's a huge, it's not just three points, a huge score against that because right. you're, you're six against seven, really more than anything. But yeah, I fully agree now to take on a couple of points. Um, For Connor such Fogarty an experience. Was, was unlucky. His ball was 100% perfect. Liam Ryan, he caught across absolutely brilliant. He caught it and drove out past it. Like, it was just, you knew after that it was going to be Wexford day because he, he caught the ball of Colin. Now he cut it off. It was a perfect ball. Like, Liam attacked the ball. Like, if he had been cautious, Colin would have got it. But in fairness, Liam Ryan, he attacked the ball and drove out past two Kilkenny lads and cleared it down the field. And you know, after that, you were, you were in bother. But the one that I'd be kind of creative of was Jerry Ellery's chance. He went to shoot himself and yet Conor Forty and Colin Fenley overlap either side. Yeah. If he had a thrown it either way, it was just making wrong decisions at the wrong particular time. And he went it to wasn't on when he eventually tried to take it at all. Like, no, I mean, it was on gone way that. too wide. Oh, the one before that. Yeah, he broke through the 21 and Colin's on your right side and Conor Forty's actually in the middle on his left. And either side, they were running through straight goal and he got blocked down and we could have went out for 65. And I think they actually missed that 65 and then it went down and Wexford got a point straight away after as well. Right. So it was a five-point turnaround for Hagman's sake. It was the goal, he missed the, missed, the, missed the 65 and then they went down and scored straight away. Psychologically, it was a big boost for him, but they've kind of made the wrong decisions at the wrong, wrong particular time there as well. But um, I think just they had it in their head that they would get a couple of goals against this Wexford team. It's a huge score from and even TJ's free, the first half... He had 21 yards out to take the point. He hit a Colin, so Colin, he obviously thought he was going to go for a goal. But I think that was, that was a sign that we're kind of pushing it a bit too much to get the goal. Like. Right. That was Uncle Kenny-like as well, mm. JJ, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't trying to take that. Yeah, you take a score and go back out the field again. And then just before half time there as well, he had an opportunity to shoot and he passed it over, I think it was Mullins, but it was blocked down and then it was half time there as well. So the couple of opportunities there could have been a couple of more points on the board there for him, like, you know, but to kind of try to push that goal that wasn't there. Like. Yeah. JJ, Brian, JJ said blocked down here about three times and that was one feature I thought of the game. I remember tweeting it in the second half. I, I don't know, did they count them up in the Sunday game? The amount of blockdowns the Wexford backs did throughout that game was phenomenal. Yeah, and, and look, we knew coming into this game, and it's, it's we spoke out many a time that we were going to clog up this middle third. So that just obviously meant that there was going to be, you know, a huge amount of tackles and, you know, rocks and blocks and hooks and all that sort of thing. But you know, Wexford, you know, to their credit, they just they fronted up against Kilkenny physically. And you know, when you see, I know Walter Watch is coming back from injury, but when you see him being taken off, it is it is a blow. Like you know, he, he's such a big, strong, physical guy. You know, he wasn't winning any aerial ball whatsoever. Potty Foley was snuffing that out. And now TJ was much better. He he actually got the better of Matthew Hanlon. Um, 
Big time. Give him a bit of a merry dance. You know, he, he, he wasn't going to allow that to happen twice. He was in the but, corner but, at one stage, was he? Yeah, but he did the right thing. He, he made Matthew Hanlon go back in, you know, and just make it uncomfortable for him. Like, he didn't stay in there long, but he just he just made him think, you know, and was Matthew Hanlon going to follow him in there or whatever? So, you know, that, it was much better from that side. But sure, look, you take TJ out of it, he really is their go-to man. You know, Kilkenny, look, Colin Fenley, obviously, tries really hard, could have won another couple of frees, but a big contentious free not given to him. Uh, Liam Ryan was pulling and dragging over him and uh, you know to me it was a certain certain free in the game it was in the melting pot at the time um, and the other young man Adrian Mullen like he I thought he was excellent for his, yeah. his mm. first Leicester final like the amount of again first uh, aerial ball he's able to catch for such a young man like he was marking Sean Murphy and he was obviously Sean Murphy was back there to man mark him but like as I said only for the sweeper a couple of times he, you know I think Mullen would have went to town altogether he still got three points I thought he was exceptional but look we're talking about Kenny there it, it should be all about Wexford um, they, they they hunted in packs they used the ball really intelligently in terms of their, their own system they didn't just lump it up the field um, when they were under serious pressure and, and you know they, they tried to make it really uncomfortable for the likes of Paul Murphy and you know, even Hugh Lawler, while in fairness to Hugh, he attacked a huge amount of ball, you know, he still got snipped for a few points. So, like, it just showed that, um, you know, that Wexford just seemed to be scoring that little bit easier. I thought that, at, you know, at, at half time, they just seemed to be, you know, flying over the bar, which Kenny seemed to have to work really, really hard to get their scores. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I mean, that's that's true. The the pookouts were new from, from Wexford, JJ. Like, I mean, they drove a good few long mm. and they were dropping them in on Conor McDonald. and yeah. Conor McDonald scored four points and often my criticism of Wexford's style of play is that they don't get enough out of Conor McDonald. Yeah. Um, but they did um, yesterday and he got four from play. Yeah, he did he had a fantastic game. I think he did himself and you had a, had a good battle. Like, yeah, Hugh played well he too. He did. He attacked a lot of ball as Brian was saying. Um, a lot of high puckouts came down Connor was winning, but from general open play, Hugh was kind of getting the better of him as well. But then, look, he got caught. Or Kilkenny wouldn't have been expecting those long puckouts, would they? Because that's no, not Wexford's game. They tried a couple game. there in Wexford Park that that time in in the second half there right now. But they kind of showed us on the game last night. They were trying to keep Parry over, just kind of bottle it up there. And, and but look, Camille, if you have a guy of Connor McDonald's ability of winning the ball in the air, so why not lamp it down on top of him and see how it goes then? But I think just the whole Wexford thing. I think they learned a lot more from the first day, like. Um, were just more economical with the ball kept the ball away from Parry Welsh um, they knew how to use their sweeper and knew how to keep the ball away from Kenny's sweeper there as well Kenny fell back into their old habit of pucking it long and, and then they were breaking the ball really more than the backs were backs were breaking the ball and they were coming up and Kevin Foley's picking up and, and working it up the field Lee Chin had a fantastic game he was absolutely brilliant he was all over the field rambled a lot of ball excellent on the freeze as well he had two very very hard freeze in the second half and a lot of criticism for Lee over the last few weeks for his free taking but he stood up to the marker yesterday as well and even the last ball he caught was coming into the Wexford defence he went up and got it and, and brought it out there as well so fantastic uh, captain's performance of a leader as well The Porrick Walsh thing is interesting because there's one point stands out to me Brian was Rory O'Connor's point it was a beautiful ball in by Matthew O'Hanlon and it, it bounced right in front of uh, Rory O'Connor who won it out in front and turned around and scored and then the camera panned to where Parik Walsh was and he was in between the two on the full forward line. Like, sure, Parik Walsh's job as a sweeper is to be intercepting those balls coming in, no? Yeah, fully agree with you. And I, particularly in the first half, he looked like he was a little bit dazed or something because you're dead right. He just, he held that centre the whole time. I don't know were they afraid of the, the Wexford runners coming from deep or something, but... Uh, 
there was loads of opportunities where he should have been doubling up because there was there was twice in the first half Paul Morris got a pint and then a, 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 went to Hawkeye for for a wide where he just got the ball in around inside the 14 yard line and took Paul Murphy on the outside just kept running at him basically and, and the further he went the, the, fur, the more he felt he'd get away from him but Park Walsh that's a perfect opportunity for your sweeper gets across doubles up and doesn't allow that situation and he was nowhere near it and I just thought you know, I, I said it in common dress, I just thought that Kilkenny either should have either pushed Park Walsh up or if they didn't really want to do that, put someone else in the sweeper and allow Park Walsh to get further up. He's too good a hurler to be having no influence on the game whatsoever. And I just thought that they definitely got that tactic wrong as well as obviously, you know, all the stuff that Jay just said earlier, like that, that panicking for, for the goals. It was so Uncle Kenny like I thought it was just it was, it's just you, you don't see that or you don't associate that with Kenny um, I just thought that was crazy um, and I fully agree with you on that one Willie the Conor Fogarty um, point opportunity that was crazy there was two points in at the time would have made into a one point game um, just take your score it was a simple score and, and especially when they're so hard come by um, so yeah it was, it was just a strange from Kenny and as I said I think Wexford on, on, a, on the whole I think they deserve to win that game Davey said after the game, like you don't know whether to believe Davey or not, but he said we changed our formation five times in the game to try and change things up. And I know they were doing different things as well. So, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I'll actually throw that to you, Brian, because you were at the game, um, whether it was they were changing things that much. It's very hard to tell. Like, I mean, they might go from having two inside to one inside to three inside. That would be kind of how they'd be doing it, would it? Yeah, that's exactly. And I, I did notice at times they had two and three inside. But then for large periods of the game, there's no one inside, you know. And so, yeah, he's probably right that they're that they're changing the system up. But like, yeah, yeah I just, from a very logical or logistical perspective, you know, being a player, like, I, I wonder what way that's coming in as the message. You know, have they the mayor for it coming in and, and do they have it in, a name, the new system? Like, have they, do they have names on it or do they have letters on it or what is it? Um, you know, or is it just a little bit rotating and that they're, you know, maybe they're they're just told to go two inside or three inside or whatever. So it's it's just it's a strange one. It'd be just really interesting just to get some sort of viewpoint on that. Yeah, no, it definitely would. But sure, Davy wouldn't tell you the no. truth anyway. So <laughs> no, Derek McGrath on your on your review show now might give you some insight into that. You know. Yeah, no. Well, Derek definitely changed his system up like that. But I think they did it on time during the half. Okay. They would, then again. See if the game's going well if for you. It's then, working for you. Then do you change it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to know. Like I mean, but definitely the way Derek changed it was based on the amount of people they had in, kind of inside, whether okay. more dropped or whether they stayed up or whatever. And that's how that's how they were doing it. But TJ scored a point on the sixty in sixty second minute, the one where he knocked it on the ground to catch up. Um, yeah. That put Kilkenny a point ahead in sixty second minute. JJ, you would yeah. think that that's kind you of want to kick on after that, like yeah, wouldn't you? yeah, you would, yeah. But again. I suppose a penalty was uh, was the big decision of it, like and look a guaranteed penalty or even if um, you're talking about silicon foul on there over the last few weeks I suppose Parry we kicked himself that he didn't take Rory O'Connor down and take the yellow card in the 21 and, and it could have been a different game but uh, no it was probably overall Wexford were the better team you're marking players of 1-10 to 10 now and Wexford were more consistent all over the field. They um, got more out of their forwards too. Did, yeah. Wexford yeah. didn't they? Because they got they got more change than they did in Wexford Park there a couple of weeks ago. Like Rory Connor got four. I think the majority of them would have scored from play as well. Like you know, so anytime you have that now, and Dio Keith popped in with with two points there again, and even Simon Donoghue got a point from from corner back there as well. So 
No, they were consistently all over the field. Kilkenny got on top, uh, certain players from in Kilkenny got on top at certain times, but Wexford consistently, team effort was always there. And that's what Davy with the formation he's playing, he has to be aggressive. And, and I think Wexford were more aggressive yesterday on in the tackle and in the breaking ball. And, and they weren't taking a stand back from Kilkenny whatsoever. Like, you know, yeah. So. No, they definitely weren't. Oh, well, last one here well, before we move on to the Munster finalists. There was a free against TJ for throwing the ball too far. And yeah. uh, Don O'Grady said in the commentary that that was an old trick of Henry's. Well, JJ, I'll ask you then. You might remember this. So throwing the ball out, it's not it, down on, you're, you're not throwing it out into your hurl. You're tr- pretending you're throwing it out into yeah. your hurl, but you're, it's an old trick of and the trade. Is the, it? I love these. The I love this stuff. The ball had bounced and then you'd have to get it before the ball bounced a second time. Like, you know, Henry was great. Because there was a couple of lads hanging out and he'd get his hand free and he'd throw the ball up and then he'd go on again so he wouldn't be caught, caught for, for um, over-carrying. So it can bounce once, but if it bounces Well, it's not hand. supposed to bounce, but well, it looks better if you can get it before, like as long as the ball doesn't stop on the ground, like, you know what ah, I mean? Okay. You're, you're picking up and you're, you're going again. He was brilliant at it because he was so strong he could break the tackle and throw it out. And the referee couldn't blow him for over-carrying. Then if he had a, kept the ball in his hand, breaking out a tackle, he would have yeah. caught for over-carrying. But he'd throw the ball up in the air so as if to pretend to play the ball ball it bounce up again and he's, he's had the two defenders bet then as well like, you very know. good and obviously defenders can't put your hands on him Brian no. while the ball if the ball's been thrown out yeah, ahead two two things on that like I, I used to do it myself an awful lot but they, they seem to have you know tried to eradicate that from the game so you you know as James said you're throwing the ball up front and you know you can't catch it again and if you can if you can catch it on just on the bounce lovely you're away and again and you've no catches then because you're, you're putting it back on your hurdles so you have two more catches after that so it's a, it's a brilliant piece of skill if you can get away with it. Um, two things on that then from yesterday. I thought TJ was actually foul. I thought Matthew Hanlon was actually pulling and dragging out of him. I thought TJ threw it up in front of him to try and... I, I, I thought he, he actually wasn't trying to throw it on the ground. I thought he was actually throwing it high into the air so that he could actually shrug Matthew Hanlon off and, and get the ball before it bounced. Um, so I thought it was a very harsh call for Kilkenny, that perspective. And then Lee Chen obviously nailed the free. And then the other side of it in... Or in Limerick, Jake Morris actually dropped the ball, not throwing it out in front of him, but he you often see players doing this as well. He had these two catches taken, he knew he was going to overcarry the ball, and he just he went down low and he dropped the ball on the ground and, and got his hurl underneath it again. So uh, you know that was allowed. So it's a kind of a it's a, it's a I don't know is it the referees are, are blowing it up because he he had judged that TJ threw the ball, whereas obviously Jake Morris dropped the ball if you understand um, what I'm trying to say. So it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's, it's a grey area. Yeah, you know? no, it's... James, it. James Callan's goal against Limerick the last day in, in the round robin. That's he true, turned the yeah. ball up and bounced and he, he doubled he on it, it on after he came up there and it was goal. Like, was that a throw on the, yeah. on the ground or not? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. very, very hard to tell for a referee as well. Like. There's a grey area there, yeah. all right, yeah. yeah. There's definitely able to get it. Depends how good you are at disguising it, yeah. pre- pretty much. Right, we'll have to talk about this Munster final as well as the lower profile of the two <laughs> uh, provincial <laughs> finals. Was that on yesterday? Was. <laughs> <laughs> this is all about Limerick lads, outstanding. And they learned an awful lot more from Tipperary. This is my take on this. They learned a lot from Tipperary. They knew that Tipperary a little bit obsessed with Aaron Galland. They knew that Brendan Maher was doubling up on him as much as possible. And they made sure to give it to other fellas. Do you know what I mean? Would that be fair, JJ? Because Tipperary even yesterday seemed obsessed with Galan. Like, Brendan Maher yeah. seemed to, his job was just to that watch was him. That Markham, yeah, yeah. But or not Brendan Maher was Man Markham, but even Paulie Maher then, sorry. Would, him, he, yeah. The sweeper was the man that was, he was trying to get yeah. over to Galan too much. Yeah, and then for the first 15, 16 minutes, the ball didn't even go anywhere near Aaron Galan whatsoever. Like, no. You know what I mean? The rest of them were kind of getting it running through. I think were Limer keeping it away from him, knowing that he was going to be I doubled up? I think they were, up they're trying to run through their half-back then really more than anything, because... Um, 
think Tom Morris and Gerard Higgerty were going through Kyle Hayes had a fantastic game race and they broke through there again I think they were trying to where Tiberia were strongest that's where Limerick went after their half back line is where their strongest line is and obviously Brendan wasn't there but if he was there they were trying to break that foundation where that's their platform for a lot of performances this year already their half back line was absolutely superb but they were trying to break that and run through the, straight through the middle that's why maybe the, the ball wasn't going into Aaron Glenn for the first 10-15 minutes but then Aaron Glang did get the ball he created a goal straight away there as well like you know so it just shows how good he is and how strong he is but I thought Brendan for a guy that doesn't play in the full back then that regularly had a fantastic game there yesterday to be fair he did no, he, play, credit, like. he played very well he played very well for a, a midfielder half back then again they didn't. I don't think Limerick were Brian I don't know what you think I don't think Limerick were looking to hit Galan as much no I, I kind of kind of agree with you that but I think this is the beauty of the Limerickville forward line as well that there's it's, it's one of the three are stepping up if not a couple of them but you know yesterday it was Peter Casey so they're, they're brilliant at um, you know if, if they realise Galan's been closely watched you know, he'll, he'll drag himself into areas where um, and drag defenders with him to create that space for the other two so you know you, you, we've seen that now down down over the last year or, or, or 18 months probably at this stage where you know it's, it was Seamus Flanagan or it's Casey or it's Graham Mulcahy or Galan obviously and they're, they're shooting the lights out but it, it's it's very rarely all three of them one of, one of the three will have a quieter game and they're doing something really really selfless for the team so you have to, to give credit to that or they'll pull themselves out of that that area but for me the the it was probably a tale of two full back lines. Um, Tipperary obviously robbed Peter to pay Paul in terms of Brendan Maher, what he offered in terms of their half back line, um, and bringing him into the full back line to Mark Elan. But you know the, the other boys were under serious pressure, you know, uh, and that has been the Achilles heel for Tipperary over the last number of years. Cottle Barrett, you know, massive loss. Even though Brendan Maher did well, Cottle Barrett was a massive loss, and I think had a knock on effect to the rest of the team. Um, whereas at the other end of the field, obviously, I thought the Limerick full back line were just exceptional. The amount of ball they drove out through, um, particularly in the, in that second half. But Sean Finn, um, Mike Casey, just you know Richie English, they're just driving out a ball time after time, and like they'd be a nightmare to mark because they're attacking everything at, at such pace and, and just driving it out in front of them, and, and they're using the ball really, really intensely. They don't just get it and do a Brian Lohan on it or and just lamp it down the field or, or maybe a JJ either and um, <laughs> they're just using it very very intelligently um, but the other thing I thought Limerick worked really well and they stayed very probably loyal to their own system uh, with Kyle Hayes like I, I look back at that tip uh, you know Limerick game the last day particularly the second half and the amount of chances that, that Kyle Hayes had and missed against um, tip the last day off Paddy Mar, even though Paddy Mar obviously hurled the world of ball and he was exceptional um, still, Kyle Hayes missed a lot of chances. So the, the rather than you know, you know, really trying to counteract or, or second think their own system, yeah. they trusted the Kyle Hayes. You know, if he hits form, he'll do damage. And look, he got one too. He missed the goal, as you said, Willie. He he could have had another couple of points. He offloaded balls. He, you know. He could have had a two three there yesterday easily. I just thought it just shows the strength in their their, their belief in their own system, and I just had, that's that's one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, Hegarty got three, Hayes got one two, and Morrissey got four from play. Their half forward line really really did the business. I thought it was an interesting thing. I'd saw a bit on the was it yeah it must have been on the or in the live show or on the Sunday game of the Limerick sweeper, and it was brilliant. It was Hannon. He's usually the sweeper and Bubbles was drifting left and Hannon just pawned him off to someone else and he took the nearer man. 
and he still held the middle. Yeah, the because, head. like, Hannan's sweeper at one stage, Finn was sweeper when Callanan scored the goal because he actually was defended really badly. He should have come out to Callanan and he backed off him. But our, our Limerick, when this is evolving again, see, uh, Tipperary are hamstrung but just saying, right, Paddy Mar, you're the sweeper. Hmm. Right? How about the man who's not... Have a, that doesn't have someone close to him you know you're the natural sweeper and yeah. everybody be a sweeper rather than because there's obviously times in a game JJ where your man's not doing anything and you can help out yeah. do you know yeah. is, will it evolve again that everybody's sweeping now at different times but in a game that's is coming that from probably trusting your management there as well and you're working on this as well because I suppose Declan Hannon obviously you'd, you'd want to get him on the ball because he's so good on it and same with Paddy Marr who's the best delivery of the ball that's where you want to be your sweeper your natural hurler you, or he knows where he's going to hit the ball as well or the forwards know where he's going to hit the ball which is more important because the forward can go run even before Paddy or Declan Hannon hits it so I think Tipperary are probably a bit more hamstrung that way that they have to go with Paddy because he's so good on the ball and delivers the ball and he can, he can win burst out through tackles and he can wing freeze there as well but with Limerick on the other side like you're probably looking at their half-forwards are working so deep and um, working back so far that Declan Hannon sits back and he gets a lot of ball off of the midfield and their half-forward in hand pass back and he's back in that pocket and then he's pinging the ball there as well. Um, for Limerick now yesterday as well, William Dunhu in middle of the field, he was immense yesterday. He kind of really grew into the actual thing. Yeah. Didn't want to shoot a huge amount no. himself. But and gives the, the ball away a little bit, but, but gets, amount of work does he a does, lot of work. He yeah. does a lot of work in the middle of the field. Like Norman Gravis took off yesterday. Now he's probably the player of himself and Paddy were probably the best two Tipperary hurlers um, so far this year. But very good. Keen Inch beside him compliments him so much. He's so skillful to watch. Ah, it's he's absolutely brilliant. He's just It's almost like a computer game with like him, he, isn't it? He doesn't have a care in the world going out in the field. You're not looking away. He's just naturally. And then he just doesn't think he's going fast but he just breezes past players then and he's straight through in the goal there at times he's just a phenomenal player but I think Limerick had a, a kind of a point to prove really more than that and to themselves more than anything I'd say because probably Tipperary are probably one team that physically could put it up to him before the game everyone was talking about this type of team or strong big strong team but they just blew him out of the water yesterday Yeah they definitely did and it was Michael Breen taking off as well Brian so both McGrath and Breen I'm not sure John Milan touched the ball or John McGrath touched the ball in the whole of the first half like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. That's, that's not a, an exaggeration because yeah, it was, men- it was mentioned. It was mentioned in the commentary in the 20th minute that he hasn't touched the ball yet. And then I says I must keep my eye out for him now yeah. and see does he get a touch. Half hoping he did get a touch, yeah. but I don't think he did. Like Tipperary never got any quality ball into their forward line. None. And uh, the only points they got were long range kind of points. But they got no ball into the, their full forward line. Nothing. They were under too much pressure. They couldn't get good ball in there. Yeah, and anything that did go in, in fairness, as I said, the full backline were mopping up anyway because they were hurling from the front. So they, they, they made it really, really difficult. And look, when you see the, the the likes of the players that were taken off, you know, Noel McGrath, you know, John McGrath, Bubbles, you know, they got no traction from it whatsoever. And look, you've mentioned already, it's the Limerick half-hour line. Like, their work rate is phenomenal. Tom Morrissey, Groot Hager, the amount of time that they spend on their own half-back line. But their their engines must be huge, like it's just to be able to get up and down the field like that, um, and and still chip in down the other end with 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 scores like a lot of scores as well. Obviously, um, it just allows Declan Hannon to sit back into that pocket. I, I I probably I'm shivering a little bit here when you keep calling it a sweeper. To me, it's just a, a deep line centre back now, Woolly. So um, um, I just think though that's that's the way the game has gone. But I, I agree with what you're saying. I think Limerick are a little bit more fluid in that. That if if they're trying to mark Declan Hannon in that situation, that you know they'll allow someone else just to fall into the position, and and they'll 
you know, they're they're very they're all big hurlers. They all like they'll all trust each other and they can all hurl the ball. So that's that's really, really important where it just seems to tip like, look, Potty, you're the man. Um and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Like you're the man, you have to be the sweeper. Like you you're clearly the only one that can be the sweeper. You know, you look at that tip defence, I know Cotton Barrett's missing, but you're just not they don't don't seem as um convinced with, with everyone that they have there. So I know they're only small things, but they're massive things in terms of the small margins of trying to win in All-Ireland. Yeah. Tipperary tried for the big long puckouts that worked yeah. against Waterford that year and it just didn't work against uh, didn't work against Limerick. Tips all failing. Their half-falling winning their own ball came back to bite them again. Um, Limerick half-back and won a couple of balls in the first but you could see him growing and growing into confidence there as well. Dimmer Burns caught three or four balls and Dan Morrissey caught balls over here. He just, that half-falling there wasn't winning any especially in the second half when the pressure would need most when your defender needs a break you need that money or forwards go up and catch the ball win a free just take a bit of pressure off us but it was just coming straight back down the field and it was playing into Limerick's their, that was their platform forward so again that's probably Liam Feudy's biggest concern coming out of there yesterday Bonner obviously a huge loss he do a lot of the work and take down Dan McCormick trade but he wasn't wouldn't be as good as what Bonner was at it so that's something he's going to have to address it's all well and good having all these brilliant hurlers tip the ball over the bar from 60 yards but you don't have the ball you're not going to hit it over the bar so they're going to have to get back to winning their own primary position again if they are going to go along or else find a method of working through the lanes but again you're coming to this stage of the season now you're coming into quarterfinals semi-finals that you're going to get playing against teams that are doing this system if you're going to go playing through the lanes you're going to go play against teams that will be doing this for the last two years you're not going to so it's very hard to get that over the lane straight away yeah. so they're going to have to either find half forwards to win their own ball which obviously tipped were, didn't have for the last few years yeah. you know yeah, well, Ford, Ford and Bubbles aren't those two players, right? No. So, no. like, I mean, that's that's it's hard. You don't want to be too hard on Tipperary. They obviously got shell shocked on that day, but they've been outstanding in Munster. So, like, I mean, we'll have to wait to see another performance, pretty yeah. much. To and just to, and to go back, I, I I look, I agree with all the points that that Jade's have to make in there, and still, right, as poor as the war, six points in it, and Shami has that. I call it a miss. You can call it a save, like. That makes that a three-point game. Anything can happen in those situations. You know, there was there was a lot of time to play still, and you know, it just it's amazing. That's what I think. That's the beauty of hurling. But uh, when when Limerick then went straight down the field, they got a big point, went seven points up, and just they never looked back from that. And you know, Tips' ability, as Jay just said, to win their own ball, win the dirty ball, like the replacing Bonner. With Dan McCormack, it's obviously it's not like for like Shane McGrath said that during the week, you don't replace the bonner. He he's right from that perspective. But then you obviously have Jake Morris, nice hurler. Niall O'Mara comes in, nice hurler. You know, so it's just you're losing that dynamic. And then let's be honest, you look at that tip bench, it's not as strong. You know, go outside 16, 17, it's nowhere near as strong as what Limerick have at the moment. Like Limerick were just awesome yesterday. They definitely they deserve their, their tag their, their favourite tags for Ireland now like it just it's very hard to see anyone stop them at this stage yeah obviously Dowling O'Donovan Flanagan Nash and Reedy came on Jeez, <laughs> they have a strong bench no that's mention very, of very your strong. man Tom Condon like you know mm-hmm. he's no, not even Tom getting a look in yeah not even getting a look in Did, and that, Tom was the first man on the field celebrating with John Kyle after the really? after 
That's he great comes to see, out. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant sign. Like yeah. they're all obviously going in and they're all behind the one. Yeah. To know exactly what they're doing. Like you know what I mean. It's great sign to see. He could have been very easy sulking. I shouldn't be brought on. Oh there. yeah. You but wouldn't be hugging the manager anyways. No, you might hug someone else. First yeah. on the field, like, oh, it was absolutely brilliant to see. Yeah. Like. Unless he's yeah. doing a bit of brown nosing for the next. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget me, John. The next day. <laughs> Speaking of celebrations, I missed this one for the Leinster final. Um, Damien Reck did a John Terry on it by straight away the minute the match is over before the cup has been presented. Straight over, kit man number two. Up the steps of Craw Park, he was running around Craw Park <laughs> with the Bob O'Keefe cup. He was he, he was leading the, the celebrations, running around with the cup. Really? Uh, yeah, I thought, did, it was, I thought it was hilarious. Did he get a full kit on him or just the jersey over a pair of jeans? No, he or just something? got the jersey. No, he had a pair of Wexford kind of training shorts. Right. So um, he had a different colour shirt, but he was running around with shorts and 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 this, his number two jersey. <laughs> so I just thought this was brilliant. So. Yeah, we don't want, to tell, don't want to tell some lads in work this now or they'll be hunting this poor fella. There'll be pictures all over the web, <laughs> pictures all over the website. Right, we'll come back and we'll do uh, Paddy Power performance of the weekend. A lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? They do say. Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Paddy Power performance of the weekend. First one up is Aaron Dunphy, lads. That goal was as good as anything you're going to see. There's no doubt about that. The way he took the ball on, took the bit of contact to propel himself forward because he's got he's a speed demon. And, jeez, I was thinking he shot too early. Like yeah. I mean, he's shooting from the 21 there, JJ, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he just shows the confidence he has at the moment. Say. He just pinged it in top corner as well. And Jesus, what I'd a goal. It, look, even Eddie back in his day was always going for the go for the juggler, go for the goal. And obviously he's telling his, his forwards to do that as well. But fantastic finish, absolutely brilliant. And he got three points on top of that then as well. Like, I mean, he was injured. He didn't start against Offaly or Antrim. Because I remember talking about the Antrim game. I was up at that in a Moor Park and he really caught my eye. And I was thinking, how did he not start? He had a shoulder injury leading into the Offaly match and he, you know, struggled to get back a bit of form after getting it and then only got back into the team then for the Kerry game, Brian. So, like, I mean, he's really hit the ground running, but he's supposed to be a huge talent and he has blinding pace. And if he has fin- he got three points on top of it and if he's goal finishing like that, you know, that's it's, it's a huge plus for Leash, obviously. Yeah, look, he's a guy that's coming for a long time as well, and he's carried a lot of weight in his shoulders. Like he's won a huge amount of underage titles with his club. Um, you know, he was heavily involved with Mount Rat Community School when they reached the All Ireland as well. So, you know, he's he's a he's a top class hurler, and he just seems to be reveling in it now. You know, he's a, he's a couple of years maybe cutting his teeth at intercounty level, but that goal, and he was quiet. You know, he just snipped a pint just before he got that goal as well. He was quiet up to that stage. Um, and just showing the confidence, uh, probably the joys of being young as well, just got that ball 40 yards out and just put on the afterburners straight through the centre and rifled it in the top corner. So he's a he's a, he's a fair talent. You know, obviously, I, I've just heard about it for the last probably seven or eight years, you know, about the Dumpy twins. and um, But he obviously is he's just a class act. Yeah, it's like the, you'd say, well, it's when they do something in GEA, if they did that in the Premier League now, you'd be grabbing <laughs> on about it. So we'll say at the Joe McDonough, if they did that in the Leinster final now, they'd be going talking about it. If Lee Chin did that. <laughs> it, was a brilliant fi- it was an absolutely brilliant finish. Peter Casey is the other one. Mark Cavan is the other one from Leash Lads, but we've talked about Mark already. Um, he was outstanding. He got 12 points, six in each half. Um, I think four of them were from from play, so he was outstanding. And obviously, Killian uh, Doyle, who they had a shootout midway through the first half. I think they scored six or eight points 
between them no one else had the, the, it was four or eight yeah, points scored game, it was just him <laughs> versus him because Doyle scored so, 10 points or something as well um, Brian so I was just wondering yeah. did Mulaney oh, let him go or how did Leash deal with Doyle something similar look, and look this, I think it's the modern game isn't it the centre back are doing their own bit of hurling and the centre forward then is, is popping up with big scores so um, but Killian Doyle we you know, we gave him the, the player of the week there a couple of weeks ago and he's just been fantastic form for Westmead and, and only for him yesterday. Um, he kept Westmead in touch for for such long periods. Lee seemed to be very dominant in the back line um, with the exception of Killian Island. He got a couple of great points as well. So, um, you know, it'd be very hard though. It's very hard to see Westmead lift anything. You know, you, you touched on it there. It's very hard to see them lift anything for that game against Westmead next week. The only other person that probably of, of note um, as usual, Tommy Dyle at fullback for Westmead. He is a man mountain. Who was he on? Um, uh, he was on Cha. He kept right. Cha fairly. Cha Dwyer fairly. Yeah, you know, he kept him fairly quiet. Considering how, how dominant Leash were and they were pinging balls around the place as well, Tommy Lyle still came out with some amount of ball. Um, you know, he's, he's to me, he's, he's top class as well. Very, very good. Here's the thing I was thinking about, talking about last Thursday. I want to know what you think of it, JJ. Is Say you've got this team with, say, TJ, right? And you're going to centre-back on TJ. And you're saying, geez, will I follow him? I'll let him off, whatever. Why not get the wing back to follow TJ and let the centre-back hold the middle and let the wing forward go? Do you know if you have a special player? Now, the centre-back yeah. can still... Because some of the centre-forwards drift left and right. So the centre-back's only really going to drift out to the wing forward if he comes within scoring distance. You're still playing the same game as you are with the centre-forward, only it's not TJ, it's Lahi or somebody else. Yeah, but would you not just get your centre-back up and man mark TJ then instead? And they then never do that, though. They're all, they're all, the middle, yeah, then. no, I'd say that. But they all seem to be... like It's like, this, it's leave, like Doyle or Mark Havanagh and that Joe McDonough. They're letting the danger man yeah. on the other team have a free role. What happens is the centre-forward usually goes out the field and then you want them to your midfielders go in and pick them up one of them has to be kind of this one of them is defensive midfielder the other one's attacking midfielder pick him up there when he comes out the field yeah. as well and then kind of man marking but if you leave your wing forward free the Lewis can play it down that wing and the ball will travel faster than any person like you know what I can be so 30 wing, or 40 yeah. yards ball See, I was thinking the wing forwards are dropping so deep now you know you might yeah but get if the wing forward is free he's not going to go back down the field it happened does in the county final last year um, I, I played centre forward they were expecting me to play corner forward and the corner back came out to man mark me and the centre-back continued to play at centre-back, you know, in that sweeper role, as you call it, Woolly. And our wing forward was completely free for the whole of the first half. Now, he got a point. He should have had another couple. Um, but it was a really strange dynamic to see it. And I remember their trainer coming on, you know, and asked the players. He, he left it to the players. You know, were they happy to continue in that role? They just felt that if they, they could keep me quieter obviously that would lesser damage have been done but you know we in the, the greater scheme of things we were happy enough just to keep the game tight um and and you know bring bring the kind of a big fight towards the game and, and, and work our way into the game so it's a strange strange dynamic yeah you know, I, I don't think you can leave anyone free though in that situation like the wing forward as i said he he, he could have had two or three points snipped in a really tight game um, and he had he, he influenced the, the game a lot in terms of he he got on a lot of dirty ball in around the middle third then as well so he, he definitely allowed us to to stop the Carmichaelotti you know offensively from that perspective so yeah. strange I, strange decision yeah it is I, I'm not saying that, that that would be your tactic all year but you could definitely say yeah. right before the other team realises oh look well, he's actually dropping off now it's the wing forward his free rather than the centre forward you know I don't know yeah. maybe yeah. it was just but something in, came into my head club might work hard but Intercounty they're all at a certain standard like you know if you left the Tom Morrissey or someone free 
they're going to he, he scored five, four points there yesterday you're not going to be and if he's free he'll he score points yeah. all day for 60, I'm, 70 yeah. hours yeah. Club, t- you might get away with the club right now but you're talking it about it with a centre forward who's the talisman and who's better than all the others then mm. you need to man mark him, but yeah. they always seem to not want the centre back to man mark unless no, you're centre back. Normally, if club player centre back is probably the best hurler. Is the hurler? Really yeah, he wants to kind of um, hit a lot of ball really more than anything. And yeah, exactly right. So Peter Casey got one five from play and then set up uh, Kyle Hayes' goal. So he th- he did that with a, a lovely dispossession of James Barry, I think yeah. it was, wasn't it? So this was an all round performance from Peter Casey. Lads, it just makes me wonder how good are Napierstick. How many feckin' players, how many <laughs> inter-county players have they got? Like, I mean, Willie O'Donoghue, Peter Casey, these are fellas just, uh, Mike Casey's the brother. There's some battling their back garden down through the years, it's like, you know that? It's like, I mean, they're serious players. Peter Casey is just, and Dignan kept saying it on the COCOM that he was talking to some lad and he told him that. Uh, <laughs> he he flying said about tra- flying it in training. Um, <laughs> he backed it up, to not he? He did, he backed it up. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he, like, it's obviously skill with Peter Casey because he's not fast and he's not Actually, big. He's very fast, though. Is he fast? Ah. I think he's faster, yes, because he burned couple of and then he's very elusive he doesn't run in straight lines yeah. he'll take a left yeah. and he's then a lovely he, little jink yeah, and he's turn gone, he's gone and then he, he buys himself them two or three yards and then hits it over the bar as well didn't think that was in him now I'll be honest with you I thought he was more of a worker but geez, now, yesterday now he, he just kind of um, he scored all around him now and work rate he did now James Barry now he'll be kicking himself this morning as well like you know he had first touch then he had another touch to get into his hand, but first touch he had actually could have caught in his hand. If he'd caught in his hand, then he would have actually got a free because Peter Casey would have wrapped the hold around him and he would have, he could have got a free out then. Like, but second touch caught him, put ball back up in the air, and then Peter Casey flicked it in, and then Kyle Hayes was straight through in the goal. Oh, he tried to tap it twice on his hurl. Yeah, he tried to yeah. kill yeah. the first time, and then he he should have went for his hand, but he went to play it again the second time, and then catch it for his third touch yeah, when catching yeah, yeah. his hand. Do you not go with your hand? And no hurl initially, JJ. Yeah, like, yeah. For that Ideally, first ball, like I, I, I think you have to attack that ball with your hand. You know, you, and at least you know that ball's bouncing out in front of you. Worst case scenario, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But listen, Peter Casey's obviously... Been, and he's another man who's able to uh, strike it off the back foot. He's yeah. able to get power like Patrick Horgan. Like, I mean, he just throws it up and is able to do it. So, obviously, he's got he's got everything except for a bit of pace, which Jay just says he has now. So now I think he has... Well, compared, compared to me, he has it Rory O'Connor, lads, obviously outstanding. Got four from play. There's a real turn of pace about him and learned from his first half... Uh, uh, goal chance he should have given to Morris and he decided to tap it over in a tight game like mm. that then he went for the juggler for the penalty um, geez, he's well able to score spectacular points isn't yeah. he like he can do them on the run he can get all yeah. he's the real deal he's isn't class he? he's absolute class even go back to against Galway against or Wexford against Galway he's two points in the second half for absolutely unbelievable out the field as well and I think he's better when he's out the field and then he's running through on goal um, very very quick right or left he's going to be he's what he's only 1920 is all he is as well now. give him two years time he'll, he'll take he'll be that main guy in that Wexford forward in there as well but at the moment he's, he's absolutely unbelievable in fairness to him yeah he definitely is Lee Moog McGovern gets through a lot of work as well um, Brian like I mean you've got Lee Moog McGovern Rory O'Connor Lee Chin Connor McDonald like I mean you're looking like you have a good forward line because that's probably the criticism you'd have maybe a little bit of Wexford that they don't have the, the top quality forwards yeah, and of course, for courses like Lee Morgan McGovern and Jack O'Connor, like Jack O'Connor's very like the Garrod Hegarty kind of a role. Um, maybe not at his level at the moment, but still very, very effective. And, you know, they started him yesterday. He came on against Kenny last day, and you know, we were talking about him last week. He, he, you know, he or two weeks ago, he did a lot of damage. Um, so he, he breaks up a lot of play. But Lee Morgan McGovern as well, a man that suffered, you know, two crucial injuries 
Um, so he's come back and he's obviously he's really fit and strong and strong in the air. Uses the ball really well as as well. So you know they kind of got a great score just after the the penalty then as well to to just kind of, to me nearly put the the final nail in the coffin as well. So um, you know Wexford. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know it's not we're not in predictions at the moment, but I think they'll cause massive problems if if Tip are lucky enough to come through. Um, tip, you know, to beat Tip down below in um, Wexford Park already this year, so that I would not be surprised to see a Limerick Wexford um, All Ireland. Oh, Jesus, ninety six all over again. Jeez, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Wexford will be able for a Tip in Croke Park, but you 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 never know. Keen Lynch is the other uh, uh, nomination. It's like we we just touched on him. There's not much more we can no. say about Keen Lynch other than he plays hurling like it's a computer game, and it's not real. It's <laughs> no. not real life. And no. He's got everything. He's a bull, strength, speed, uh, nearly overconfidence, like I said about that Borderlines. goal. Borderlines. Was he borderline overconfidence? Yeah, well, uh, you, like, you'd like to see, like, especially when you go in the game, fair enough, no problem at all. You'd like to see him go and chance in that, right? But he's so skillful to pick up the ball in, in such tight space yeah. and then breaks out through the tackle. Like, you yeah. know, he's very, very strong that way. And little flick there and he always finds a Limerick player. Like, you know what I mean? You rarely see him passing the ball and has to bounce in the ground before he gets to the players. Always to the hand. Like, if you he's know. on the ball, Limerick fans can relax. Do you and know what I mean? defenders are worrying. Yeah. The opposite defender, no matter where you're on the field, if Keen Lynch has the ball, you have to get to your man as quickly as possible because if you're five yards off him, he'll put it straight into that space there as well. Like you know, so great player now, a great leader for Limerick. Yeah, absolutely brilliant player. He is though. He's he's bowled as well, kind mm-hmm. of in, in a oh, kind yeah. of a quiet way. Um, Norm McGraw has been taken off, and Robert Burden was coming on, and he was just crossing in front of Keen Lynch. Keen Lynch just steps across him and buries him with his shoulder, and I just thought that was lovely. Like you know, there's there's no. There's no friends in, in Inter-County Ireland. Um, there's no Mr. Knight. He can be a nice guy off the field, but he was letting him know that he's not coming in here. Something handy. And he's a devil if you ever watch him for uh, when an opposition team wins a free. He's always standing over it, either flicking someone's hand that's going to p- try and pick up the ball or allowing them or stopping them, not allowing them to try and take quick frees. So he's he's not afraid to play on the edge. I love that part of his game as well. Yeah, and one part I don't like of his game is those faded green socks that he won't stop wearing. They must be his lucky <laughs> socks. They're not part of the kit. They're faded. They're old. No, and they go. He's, yeah, he's the most superstitious man of all times. Remember you, that little string of hair he used to have coming out as well when he <laughs> yeah. first broke on the scenes. So he's very very suspicious or susti- uh, superstitious. superstitious so, yeah, um, ga- gas man. It's a TJ Reid is the last one, lads. Like, obviously, came, stood up and was counted. He got 12 points, four from play, and he didn't score at all from play against on Matthew O'Hanlon. So, like, I mean, for Kilkenny to have him playing so well and not win will be concerning. And Mullen yeah. play well and not win yeah. will be concerning. Maybe it was their defence that didn't didn't do it. I'm just interested with the quick free to Colin Fenley. I know you, we touched on it, but, like, you have to be 20 metres. Is it 20 metres you have yeah. to be away? What was he thinking then? Like that was a rush of blood to the head, and it, Colin yeah. Fenley's fault as well for making the run. And like he tried the same against Dublin as well when Greg Kennedy got in the way, you know, for for the for the free yeah, as well. Yeah, that like, was so further away. Like this is this reminded yeah, me of more Perez and Henri yeah. in the league. Like this yeah. was right beside this. He couldn't possibly have gotten away with this one. No, no, he's trying it, but again, that's going to go back to my initial point. They started the show there that I think they were trying to look for goal opportunities that weren't there. Um, so you've got Ralph just taking the score when the score is blatantly obviously take it and move on, get back out the ball again but I think there was the whole game they were trying to push goal opportunities that weren't there Would that be a Cody message to get goals and bury uh, them no, do you think? I'd say it's probably just players and players, players themselves. Want, yeah kind of backing themselves to go get it because 
again to see the goal against um, Wexford down there was vital score for Kilkenny like you know what I mean and thought if you get one or two especially up in Cold Park you might rattle the Wexford lads but obviously it didn't come and Wexford grew into the game like. yeah okay right listen as we have to leave it there Aaron Dunphy his performance of the weekend I think with that, go- with that goal it's about time a leash man got it <laughs> with that goal with that that's with that turn of pace <laughs> he's listen, waiting a season for this year listen lads <laughs> if this was done if this was done by Keane Lynch <laughs> in a Munster final, now imagine, I know I gave the example of the Leinster final, imagine someone in Munster <laughs> scored a goal like this, lads. You'd be eulogising it. <laughs> we would. No. No, no, no. They, they would. They would. This would go down in folklore for a Munster final. The ma- it would be the magic if Aaron Dunphy was down there. So 1-3 in the Joe McDonough Cup final and that goal will be remembered for a long, long time in leash anyways. So Aaron Dunphy is performer of the weekend and we'll get those uh, Paddy Power lucky pants out to you. So listen, that's it. We'll be back on Thursday with a preview show. We're going to preview the two, what are these called? The quarterfinal, quarterfinal, the quarter, preliminary quarterfinals, right? Okay. So that's it. So we'll preview the two of them. We'll get Cheddar in here, I'm sure, and he'll have plenty to talk about Leash Dublin, Michael Carton as well. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken.